And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about that creepy video from Taylor that we posted this week. Taylor sent us two videos inside the apartment. Rebecca, did you get a chance to watch these? Is this the Haunted Freezer? No, it isn't the Haunted Freezer, but we're going to talk about that one (laughs) as well. So that's all coming up in just a little bit. And remember, please follow us on all the social medias. Yes, we have them all, including the TikTok. That's what the kids are doing these days. Woo-hoo. And check out. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> TikTok. Well, and get on it now because I guess they're going to shut down TikTok. Exactly. Unless it gets bought out. <laughs> and it bums me out so bad because we have like almost 17,000 followers on TikTok right now. I know. It's I know. So I'm like, cute. come on. I know. Don't shut us down. <laughs> Uh, and of course, be sure to check out the Haunted AF merch, which is on our online store. You can get that all at hauntedaf.com. So Rebecca and I recently spoke to writer Patrick Glendon McCullough, who likes to write about hometown haunted houses. So those are the ones that you grow up hearing about, and, you know, you like dare each other to go to and everything. Mm-hmm. But then no one outside of your county knows anything about them. So one of his articles was actually just picked up by Blumhouse. It's going to be turned into a movie, which is so cool. And Patrick also investigated one of those haunted houses with the high school paranormal club which we didn't even know existed and think is completely awesome. How did they not have that when we were in school? No kidding, because I would have been joining ASAP. We would have been co-presidents. So please tell us if your high school had or has a paranormal club because we would love to be honorary members. I want a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, we- oh my God, I want a t-shirt too. <laughs> but we definitely want to talk to you about that. So in the meantime, here's Patrick Glennon McCullough explaining how he started writing about hometown haunted houses. There's so many out there that people have heard about that get covered on, you know, know, TV shows all the time. But doing research and digging through old newspapers, I I kept coming upon these ones that I'd never heard about before. And it was really fascinating. So I was able to do a story late last year about a uh, a haunted house that had existed in the late 60s in Western Pennsylvania, in a small town north of Pittsburgh. The story for that is called The House of Lost Souls. It's the one that Blumhouse um, picked up. But it was just a fascinating story because it was a guy who moved into the house, discovered it was haunted, and being a good entrepreneurial American, decided that he was going to start charging admissions, yeah. admission and letting people come in. And then the house burned down mysteriously. And, and the funny thing is it actually burned down twice because they put out the fire, the firefighters left. And then even though it was soaked with thousands of gallons of water, it burst into flame again. Oh. Um, and then after that, it kind of almost became like, well, that's my shtick. You know, I do haunted houses. It's got to be kind of hard to find these places. Like if there was someone out there who was like, I live in a really haunted house, you need to come here. How would they get in touch with you? Certainly, if anybody did have a story that they thought was worth telling me, they can check out our website. The name of the company is Truly Adventurous. So our website, this is very clever. See what we did here. It's trulyadventure.us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they can check out trulyadventure.us and they can, you know, see how to reach out to us. How did you get fascinated with the paranormal to begin with? When I was uh, 10 years old, um, my father was actually killed in the Oklahoma City bombing and he was a DEA agent. He was in the building. And after that, you know, it really just made me think a lot about the nature of relationships and connection. 
Because when you have somebody who's very, very close to you, who one second is and then one second is not, Mm -hmm. um, there's still all these things that linger. You know, you still feel a sense of connection to them, a sense of love for them. You know, and I had a grandfather. He would always talk about, you know, whenever somebody dies, they come to you in a dream at some point. I had experienced that. And of course, being skeptical, it's like, well, of course, it's on my mind a lot. So I, I think at that point, it just really made me think, you know, maybe even not the concept of hauntings in the, the traditional way we might think of them, but kind of these echoes of things or these overlaps. You know, maybe it's even some weird kind of quantum physics thing I don't even understand. And something I noticed with talking to people who really obsess about this stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of them have almost come to it from some level of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, like they want to believe that there's more to it. Absolutely. And I'm sorry about your dad. That's tragic. Me too. How old were you? Uh, I was 10 years old at the time. Oh my goodness. What you said about the science behind it, like is it this some sort of quantum physics thing? When people talk about the paranormal, they get really just weird about it. And everybody mm-hmm. wants to dismiss it as if we know everything there is to know about science and the world in general. Like how is it not right. possible that maybe this is a scientific thing and it's not just a creepy kid sitting around the campfire telling stories situation. Maybe it is a much deeper thing that we just haven't learned about yet. That was something I was really curious about. So, you know, I'd asked the high school students that I was following around, if this is true, how does it make you feel? Like when you have these encounters with something, like does it scare you? And most of them seem to take comfort from it. Like the stories they tended to have were, you know, I was sitting alone in my room and this white light suddenly shot down and it frightened me, but I ran to my parents and told them. And my parents said, well, that was probably your grandfather. You know, if you take a story of there's a ghost in this house and it's the ghost of the wife that was murdered, is that something that's hopeful that this person, their existence didn't end? Or is it kind of depressing that their only existence now is to be stuck in this house? Right. Honestly, when you say that, like I've been thinking that a lot lately is that the more stories that we get, the more sad I am that they like can't be released from their location. I mean, it's basically like a quarantine ghost. We were stuck in for three months and nobody liked that. I keep wondering if it's maybe a choice because that clearly isn't the case for everyone. So maybe they are choosing not to move on. Maybe they're stubborn Mm -hmm. and they don't want to. Maybe they haven't figured out how to do it yet. But it's definitely not something that happens to everyone after they die. I've had the same thought that that's what keeps me up at two o'clock in the morning right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and I wonder too, because especially with a lot of people I've talked to, there seems to be several children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of them had a story from the paranormal club where he had gone to an investigation and he was in this dark room and he felt somebody very small like grabbing at his hand and he was just certain that it was a child and it made him very uncomfortable he left the room but also just you know that he felt sad or is it not a kid is it something that's making itself look like a kid so it's less threatening that's truly a tragic thing to think about because the thought of a kid being stuck and not knowing where to go or what to do with themselves. That is kind of upsetting. One of the tools that they use in the Paranormal Club that just creeped the hell out of me was like a teddy bear Mm -hmm. and they call it Boo Bear and it has like kind of these lights and it'll kind of glow green and glow red and it's supposed to be based on the electromagnetic what have you and it also would occasionally give like a message so it's like this cute little teddy bear and you're sitting in this pitch black room staring at it and like its belly start glowing green and then you hear it 
Brooks say something like, Burr, it's cold in here. Ah! And this like demonic little kid voice. Or then like, do you want to play with me? So Patrick, Glendon, McCullough, thank you so much. Give us that website again, please. It's trulyadventure.us. And, and Julie and Rebecca, thank you so much for having me. It's such a treat to actually talk on the show after just listening to it. All right, Haunted AFers, send us your ghost story, please. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we want to hear from those high school paranormal clubs. All right, this week we need to send big love to Peter Hartford for his Dead Pet of the Week theme song. All right, you ready for this? Yes. Thank you. I love the werewolf howl. That kind of nails it for me. It's like haunted circus with a little touch of EDM there at the end. Just a little bit. Okay, this comes from Kevin from Eastern Shore of Maryland. And he says, about four years ago, my grandfather, who helped raise me, passed away due to natural causes. A few days after, a cat showed up at our house out of nowhere and took a strong liking to my grandmother. We believe that the cat was the spirit of my grandfather visiting from beyond the grave. So we named him Lewis, which is my grandfather's last name. The cat adopted us and lived at our house for four years. Unfortunately, my grandfather grandmother passed away due to congestive heart failure back in May. Then we noticed something strange. The last time anybody saw Lewis the cat was the morning of her passing. Mm -hmm. It's been two months now and there's still no trace of the cat. We have no doubt that Lewis was indeed my grandfather waiting to be with my grandmother. Oh my god! (laughs) And that they are finally together again! Kevin goes on to say this is one of those ghost stories that are wholesome and make you feel good. Yes it does! And speaking of which, we had the story about Angel the chicken this week that's at hauntedaf.com go and watch the angel the ghost chicken story because it's up there with lewis the cat all right so this next story comes from mike hi both this is my story i've been listening to all the old episodes since hearing you on talk is jericho and the one i listened to today was about she the dog who could sense death and it reminded me a bit of my dad's grandma she was a little old welsh lady who everyone tells me was a bit psychic She had two sisters and apparently they'd all promised to let each other know when they died. My dad was staying at her house and he saw her talking to no one at the top of the stairs, just talking. So he asked her, who are you talking to? And said, oh, don't worry. It's just your Aunt Mary. She's dead. Completely plaza. About half an hour later, they got a call to say that she'd passed. But this wasn't a one-off. When her other sister died, she apparently walked into the kitchen and said, we'll get a call soon. Your Aunt Blodwin's just died. Lo and behold, they got the call to confirm it. But... When her husband died, my grandma said that they were all sitting round a fire and out of nowhere she just she just sat up and said, I can smell death. Someone's died. And then just they just carried on. Just carried on with their night. That was it. A couple of days later, they got a telegram to say that her husband had been shot and killed overseas in Egypt. I never got to meet her, but I really wish I had. Thank you so much, Mike. But listen, the next time I'm hanging out with friends, like drinking wine in the front yard or Mm -hmm. something, I'm just Mm going to try that like, I smell death. Someone has died. And then just see if everybody just goes back to drinking. Hello, did you not hear her? She She, smells death. She smells death. And that can't smell good. All right. If you haven't had a chance yet, go and check out any of our social medias because we blasted it this week. Actually, two videos from Taylor's apartment. The first video shows Taylor's dog on the sofa. And you see, it's like a super highway of orbs or Mm -hmm. dust, who knows, kind of blasting through the apartment. The next video is this weird blob kind of floating through. So whatever is going on in Taylor's
Taylor's apartment is setting off the pet cams. So this is what Taylor had to say. So I was eating leftovers at the dining room table. When I was done, I went back to the living room to watch TV. And as I turned the dining room light off, I saw a tall man. He was basically a shadow, but solid. Like you couldn't see through him. He just walks to the doorway of the master bedroom, turns his head to look at me, and then he walks into the room where I can't see him anymore. So I nut the fuck up and I call LJ. <laughs> That's Taylor's roommate. Like, dude, you have to come home right now. Somebody's in yeah. the apartment. Yeah. And LJ is like, no, I was just there. No one's there. And I said, I'm not kidding. Get home right now. So he gets home a few minutes later. We search the entire apartment and there's just no one there. He called me crazy. But the next morning I got a text from Samantha, our other roommate saying, yeah, I overheard y'all talking last night and I've seen him too. So they've seen this thing at Taylor's apartment so many times. They've named him George. <laughs> and as Taylor says, I've caught some stuff on our pet cam. If you want to see it, I'll send it. And I'm like, sure, whatever. And literally, I about pooped my pants when I saw that. So you're legitimately haunted. There's no doubt in my mind. So nut the fuck up, Rebecca. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. Thank you, Taylor. So we actually have another story, and it's from Caitlin. And she says back in 2005, her grandfather had gotten really sick and ended up in the ICU. Things started to improve after a few weeks, and he was able to move into a regular room. He really appeared to be getting better. But one day, my aunt and uncle went to visit him, like they always did. But as they were leaving, my uncle saw my grandpa in his rear view mirror, mm. clear as day standing behind the car. He immediately looked at my aunt and said, my dad isn't going to make it out of here. Of course, he got all worked up, didn't tell her what he saw until later on that evening. And two days later on Valentine's Day, grandpa passed away. She says, my uncle told me the story a few years later and my aunt even vouched that he had told her that exact same thing the night it happened. This reminds me of that thing that uh, we've talked about before, the dead walking the earth days before. And it's kind of like this story that we just got from Singapore. Hello, Rebecca. Julie and Ziggy if you're eating chili at the back hi <laughs> greetings from Singapore I love your podcast my dad has this story from about 60 years ago it was the time of his grandmother's funeral so I remember hearing a story from RJ from the Philippines I think and he talks about the, around the period where the person dies the spirit room still stays in the house so my dad his grandmother died and that was the funeral period you know that was the belief that the spirit stays in the house for the first couple of nights so one thing about my dad's grandmother is that she had a hair up in a bun and my dad today you know he's a religious teacher he doesn't believe in ghosts or spirits but he knows what he saw what he experienced and one of the nights when he and his brothers and his family were sleeping you know during this whole funeral processional period so all his uh, relatives were sleeping in the room and the room was packed with sardines and my dad was sleeping against the wall yeah and he remembers waking up in the middle of the night and turning to face the wall and he remembers trying to spit something out of his mouth and it was like a bun of hair in his mouth <gasps> uh, i'm getting chills now just talking about it yeah so that's oh. his story and uh, when i asked him if he had any ghost stories this is the story he told me uh, yet you know because he's a religious teacher he said you know there's no such thing as ghosts you know there are spirits but there are no ghosts but i know what i saw I know what I saw. He comes from quite a big family, like a few brothers and all that. And he hasn't told them the story. So I guess that's why I would like to keep anonymous. But I just felt like I had to share this story with you because it's so cool and scary and creepy. Thank you guys for doing the podcast. I love the chemistry that you guys have. Keep doing it. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Rebecca and Ziggy. You guys have a great episode. Bye-bye.
So we actually got quite a few stories from Singapore, so you can hear the rest uh-huh. of those at patreon.com right now. Rebecca, have you ever had dreams where you have something stuck in your mouth like that? No, and that's like, oh, I don't like that at all. I have them every now and then, and the hair thing where it's either like a big wad of hair or there's, it's like I've got a bunch of sand in my mouth. I wonder what that uh-huh. means. I'm thinking there's something to that because every horror ghosty movie that we watch, there is always something involving hair coming out of the mouth. And we need to address Ziggy because Ziggy has not been on the podcast since season two. And it's only because we started taping from home. We built a little mini home studio and Ziggy was part of on-air media. So he's not with the podcast anymore, but not for anything bad. It's just that he was part of that studio and we miss him eating his chili in the back. That cracked me up when I heard that (laughs) we were about to kill him and take his chili because we were so hungry. Smells so good. It really did. <laughs> this next story comes from an anonymous writer who says that her daughter speaks to dead people. Well, I know I'm already excited about this one. Yeah. So her mom says, I was working with a woman who was always upbeat and smiling. She was always willing to work overtime and do whatever needed to be done. The place where we worked was a freaking dumpster fire. We know what that's like. (laughs) Yeah, that's 2020. Uh, (laughs) So her positivity basically got me through the day. So one day I asked her how she could be so positive all the time. And she told me she'd seen a lot of heartache in her life that she could either choose to let it kill her or she could rise above it. Then she told me that she had an eight-year-old son who had died of leukemia. I was so taken aback. How could someone who had gone through that much pain have such an awesome outlook? She told me that she does get sad, but that she likes to think that he's with her and that he's okay. So I took my daughter to her house to see if she could pick up anything from the son. I didn't tell my daughter why we were going, just that we were going to visit a friend. My daughter sat on the couch and read a book while my friend and I talked. When we left, my daughter walked quickly to the car and slammed the door. I asked, what's wrong? And I will never forget what she said to me. She said, I know why you brought me here. Her little boy died. He's in the living room and he says he never leaves. He's fine. Are you happy? I am not a circus act, mama. I was so taken aback and I felt ashamed. I never thought of her as a circus act. I just wanted to give my friend some peace. It broke my heart that she felt that way. So I apologized and explained why I did it. She was angry with me for a few days, but eventually she said that she understood why, but I should have told her. That's a lot to take in. It sounds like her daughter was pretty young. So I can imagine that's probably hard on her to interact with a dead child. Well, her daughter's 19 now. So we wrote back and forth a little bit. And Uh she says that it doesn't seem to happen quite as much, but it was consistent for years. But I asked the woman who reached out to us, did you ever tell your friend what your daughter said about Mm -hmm. her son? And she said that she never did, that not long after they stopped working together and that they were friends for a while, but then they had like a falling out on Facebook because of differing political opinions. (laughs) I know. Are you kidding me? Which happens these days. It happens quite a bit. Um, True. But at the same time, how do you tell someone like that? Would that make them happy or would it make them sad, you know? to know that that's a great question I think if it were me and my son had passed away I would want to know that he was like by my side and trying to take care of me or whatever but then I would also want him to just go on I don't honestly know if I would want to know oh that's such a tough decision okay so this next story comes from Alyssa hi Julie hi Rebecca I have recently started listening to your podcast and I'm absolutely obsessed I listen to it every day at work honestly I didn't even really realize how many separate occasions I've had things happen until I started writing them all down so thank you for freaking me out now in my current (laughs) house I have uh, what my fiance and I are convinced is uh, it's a friendly ghost the light on our 
deep freeze will very like violently flash until we leave the room and there's been times where we even we're closing the door and we see it turn off and then we open the door again and it will start blinking again sometimes it even will respond to us like we'll say something when we enter the laundry room like oh sorry i'll be really quick i promise and it'll stop flashing and if we're in there too long it'll start flashing again and we'll say sorry 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 really quick and it'll stop and this happens all the time and one thing that we've noticed is when the light is flashing our dog refuses to come in that room at all there's also times where we hear creaking that could easily be the house settling or something but it will sound like footsteps and times too where we'll hear maybe our dog but then our dog is actually right next to us so it's it's a little uh, a little creepy <laughs> and sometimes the lights downstairs will flicker too a little bit and you know we never really know we don't really have an answer to that one okay so Alyssa sent a picture of this deep freeze <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious to me. When I look at that, the first thing I think is, that's where you hide the body. Oh my God. So are you watching Dead to Me on Netflix? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought immediately of Dead to Me and then also the movie Bernie, yeah. that Jack Black movie. Yes. Yes. in the freezer for like months. <laughs> So I asked Alyssa, I'm like, well, how did you guys get this deep freeze? And uh, she was like, I don't have a good story. It just came with the house. So I'm like, somebody was stuck in that deep freeze for a while and they're still in your house. Oh my God. How do you put meat in that after the fact? Like, like, I don't want to eat anything out of that freezer ever. Well, and it sounds like the freezer is pissed off with them just being in the same room with them. So, you know, it's not going to like having meat put inside of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here, Rebecca, this is one I've been dying to share with you. This story comes from Marcus. He says, I grew up in what I learned to be a very haunted house. First, a little about me. I'm a Baptist minister and a former college professor. I've been married 20 years. I have two sons, and I think I'm a pretty credible guy. I hope you will believe what I'm about to tell you. When I was about eight years old, my parents moved us into a big old house on the outskirts of Heavener, Oklahoma. It was built by a sawmill baron named Ezra Burnett. The house was a mansion to me, but it was only one story. The doors to every room were so old, they still required skeleton keys. I never felt comfortable in that house, and I was alone a lot. This house absolutely gave me the willies. I remember being 10 years old and sitting with my back to the wall so nothing could sneak up on me. Oh, my God, I've done that. (laughs) Oh, my God. So one night I'm watching Arsenio Hall. And and during a commercial break, I got up to get a snack. I passed the doorway to my sister's room and just got a brief glance inside. I saw a black figure standing over my sister, bending at the waist, staring at her. It was a very tall figure. To me, it looked like Abraham Lincoln, but solid black. When I jumped backward to look again, it had disappeared. A few nights later, I heard my mom scream from my sister's room. I dashed in there to find my mother standing near the light switch. When I asked what was wrong, she said, watch. She flipped the room lights off and a lamp across the room lit up. When she flipped the wall switch on again, the lamp would go off like something playing a game. This went on for a few flips until I slowly made my way over to the lamp and turned its switch. When I did, the lamp stayed on. But then no matter how I tried to turn it off, it would stay on until I finally just unplugged it. So weeks passed and I couldn't stop thinking about what I had seen. One day I went to the kitchen to get something to eat. We had this big bowl in one of our cabinets. It was a heavy crystal bowl with a little bit of everything like batteries, safety pins, old bullets, peppermints, sort of like a junk drawer, but in a bowl Uh form. So it was kept on the top shelf of a closed cabinet right next to my sister's bedroom. As I walked into the kitchen, the cabinet burst wide open and that bowl of junk seemed to leap off the shelf. Everything in it flew out at me. I was showered by all these little sharp objects and it hurt. 
I ran from the house as fast as I could and stayed there, completely panicked until my parents got home. So now that things were getting violent, I figure I better fess up about what I was experiencing. The next morning at breakfast, I told my family everything I'm telling you now. My sister and mother were so terrified, they started to sob and shake. But this is when all of our resolve melted. My father is a strong, silent cowboy. Rough, tough, never exaggerates. I don't think in a million years he would make this up. And that's what scared us all so badly. My dad revealed to us that late one night when he got off the train and came home, he saw, quote, a little green man in the center of the living room. He described it as sort of a goblin that sneered at him, audibly cackled, and then dove into our couch and disappeared. Hearing this from my father was the absolute weirdest moment of my life. It sounds preposterous, but if you knew the man who told the story, you would believe him. About a year later, we moved. I asked my parents that the haunting prompted the move and they denied it, saying the house was just old and too expensive. Deep down, I believe we were all scared out of our minds and had to get out of there. Nothing ever happened to me again, and it was the greatest relief to leave that place. We learned later that Ezra had indeed died in the house. My feeling is the tall black figure is him, still attached to the place that contained so much of his life. The goblet, on the other hand, I can't even begin to guess. Thanks for listening, Marcus. Okay, first of all, Marcus sent an update and he said he did a little research on Ezra Burnett and found out that the guy's actually fantastic. Like anybody who knew him had nothing but incredible things to say about him. So he wrote this morning and he said, I now believe the entity I encountered was not the ghost of Ezra Burnett. I'm loath to drag his name through the mud when apparently he was this great person. Um, We have to talk about this little green goblin thing. No kidding. We've heard stories a little like this before, haven't we? But nothing to this magnitude, I don't think. This is either the second or third time that we've heard something about the goblin or the little monster thing. And you know if people experience this, they're not telling people because it probably is like, oh, now I'm just losing my mind. Right. And for whatever reason, a little like gremlin is what comes to my brain. And the fact that this guy is this big, like burly dude and admitting that he's seen this green goblin. So I'm like, you know, he's being legit here. Right. He's not going to make something like that up. Uh, no. And especially to his family, because that's going to scare the crap out of them no matter what. Well, oh. the fact that he saw that it was green, I feel like he's got a lot of details here. Um, but seriously, if you have a goblin story, we need to hear it. Safe space. You could do it in anonymously even if you want to but please send your goblin stories yes no judgment here haunted af podcast at gmail.com again that's haunted af podcast at gmail.com and next week we're going to talk to the owner of a haunted bed and breakfast that used to be a brothel and this place is supposedly crawling with ghosts and then we're also going to find out if ghosts can talk to us via siri and that's all coming up on the next haunted af all right guys don't forget to subscribe to itunes spotify stitcher whatever your platform is that you love listening to you can find us on facebook instagram twitter reddit or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website hauntedaf.com gotta say thanks to andrew mamaliga for our theme song and to on-air media for titles and technical support and of course we gotta thank you the listeners thanks for listening by the way julie if i die first i'm coming back to haunt you oh come back to haunt you too rebecca oh